Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Damar Hamlin is back in Buffalo just one week after nearly dying on the football field. We'll have that story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend, all that good stuff. Let's get through that news of the cray. That's what we call it here on the Quick Start Podcast. Let's get through it together. Joining me, as always, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips on this mini Monday. What's up, fellas? What's going on? Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> Another day. Happy don't, to be back, though. But you don't sound like it. I mean, I'm just saying. I am. I'm just no, saying. Is there a gun to your head? I mean, you, you're coming off vacation, well, Trey. I mean, I, it's understandable. It's understandable. You know, you get in always, vacation mode, and then you yes, have to come back the, to work. It's tough. It's a, the first, You need at least 48 hours to get back into the work grind. Right. I was going to say, the first day back is kind of like, do I really want to be here? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> um, but, but I am. I'm happy no, to be I know. here. I'm just, I'm just ribbing you. I mean, look, vacation mode, you get to that place where you're like, all you care about is, okay, what are we eating? You just have breakfast. You're like, what are we eating next? What's for lunch? And then lunch is done. What are we doing for dinner? (laughs) The only cost is my stomach, and it's nice. Yes. And that's how you And, you know. (laughs) But I digress to vacation talk. Um, We got a lot coming up. And uh, a good Samaritan saved the day. What's going on there? Yeah, so this story is incredible. I always, so I'm a sucker for any good news story, right? Anytime you can, we can take a break yes, from all the bad stuff and, and focus on something good and uplifting about this business owner who heard about this woman who was in need and he just stepped in and did what he could to turn her life around. I love it. Can't wait for the details on that one. We're also going to take a look on the main thing at the FDA, which is expanding access to the abortion pill. In the mail. We'll have the details on that on the main thing. But up first, we are going to go through the news here in 90 seconds. And the Coalition for Social Justice is mad about a Christian pastor bringing the gospel to libraries. In a tweet thread recently, they said CSJ will be hosting an inclusive story hour to drown out the hate of pastor story hour. That's coming up this weekend. Um, and the pastor is Owen Strawn, and they complain that he'll be reading books, quote, on the gospel and God's design of the sexes. And they said, our children deserve better. They deserve to grow and learn an environment that fosters diversity, inclusion, and love. So this is just the latest in the back and forth over story hours at libraries. We talked to Kirk Cameron. He was doing his as well. And a woman who left Alabama to join the Islamic State in 2014 now says she regrets her actions and she's hoping to return to the United States. Hoda Muthana is now 28. Um, She was speaking from a detention camp in Syria. She says, I'm hoping my government looks at me as someone young at the time and naive. She had fled her home and went to Syria, ended up marrying three different ISIS fighters. And doctors at the University of Cincinnati Health announced that Damar Hamlin has been released from their hospital and is returning to Buffalo. An amazing turnaround for Damar Hamlin, who was nearly uh, killed or nearly died on the field just a week ago. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Guys, there were a lot more details I wanted to get there, but I couldn't quite fit them all in. Particularly, uh, first of all, great news on DeMar Hamlin. That's honestly 
one of the more remarkable things I've seen. I think it's clearly an, an answer to prayer. And so many people were praying. Millions around the country were praying. We saw prayer take center stage. We talked about it a lot on this podcast. And to see this result, you know, you don't always get the exact result that you want when you pray. God's uh, timing and his answers are always perfect. It doesn't always align with what we want. But in this case, I think it lined up what people were hoping for and what God delivered. And it's just phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, clearly God is using this to bring more people toward him. You know, all the all the things we talked about yesterday on the show about just how people are cracking jokes about how, you know, ESPN was looking more like, you know, 700, Club. Revival, 700 <laughs> yeah. Club, which we already mentioned. But it's worth mentioning again, because I think this was such a pervasive and a positive way reaction um, that yeah. we don't often get to see. Yeah, I think in a culture, too, that, that <laughs> often is mocking and making fun of prayer. Uh, it's nice to see when prayer is actually getting the credit that it deserves, right? Because we as believers know how powerful prayer is. Uh, and so to see prayer woven so um, so centrally into this story, uh, I think is really encouraging because I think it gives us an opportunity as believers to have conversations with maybe our, our unbelieving family or friends, uh, because now they're a little bit more curious than they might have been and maybe a bit more receptive than they have been in the past. Well, and it's super interesting. And one of the reasons I brought up this story hour um, controversy, the back and forth that's going on there between um, some in the social justice movement and this pastor is because of how we saw prayer take center stage. And I wonder what must these sorts of hardcore, I guess, atheists who really get frustrated when they see the gospel making headway, what must they have been thinking? This Because you did not hear a lot of criticism. I, it's like they were almost too afraid to jump in and criticize as Damar Hamlin and his family are asking for prayers, as the Buffalo Bills are asking for prayers, as hosts on mainstream sports programming are praying to God live on television in moments that really matter. And it's just, to me, it's the, those sorts of times that God, the realness of God is so evident. You have Josh Allen, one of the best players in the National Football League, saying in a press conference, God is real, God is real. That's what we keep saying. I mean, that is awesome. That is powerful. And you see that as Christians, that we can speak truth in difficult times like this. And uh, and people like these that are out here complaining when the gospel is being spread around, uh, it just, I don't know. I mean, it just makes me think that the enemies of God did not have a good week. No, they didn't. And I think it is interesting. I mean, maybe there was just so much of an outpouring that we didn't hear those criticisms. Yeah. But to your point, I, I didn't really see them. And you usually do see a lot of that. I'm sure there was a lot of huffing and eye rolling going <laughs> yeah. on um, among the Satanists and atheists. <laughs> Always on your radar, right, <laughs> right Billy? The sa Satanists and the atheists. That's right. Uh, no, but I, it is true. I think it's so encouraging that that kind of was drowned out. Uh, yeah. You know, and and it, we saw prayer, like I said earlier, getting the the credence that it deserves, and also, of course, too, just for Hamlin uh, that he's doing well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the recovery is just absolutely remarkable that he's gone from the the place that he was in to where he is now, walking around some in the hospital, being able to be transferred, no longer on a breathing tube. I mean, it's just you know, all, obviously, all of that can turn around on a dime, but that he's making these strides. Uh, is is incredible and all that credit goes to the lord absolutely a hundred percent um and, and you love to see it you love to see it because it did not look good on monday night it really didn't um and to see the country rally in prayer and to see this sort of 
um, result is just very encouraging. So, all right. And speaking of encouraging, we've got another positive story here. And you're, and you're right, Trey, as you said at the top, it's great to find these and highlight them because in a culture that really loves to highlight the combative stories, the um, sort of fighting, the conflict, that sort of thing, it's great to see this take center stage and a mother was nearly homeless until a good Samaritan stepped in. So what happened? Okay, so Paul Zappatelli, he's the owner of Zappi's Italian Garden. It's a restaurant in Daytona Beach in Florida. So he stepped in to help Amber Johnston and her son, her four-year-old son, Anthony Romeo, uh, in a really, really remarkable way. So Anthony's dad had abandoned uh, them recently uh, and left them with essentially no options, nowhere to go. Uh, So they'd been staying at an extended stay hotel because... Uh, as Amber said, that was all that she could afford. Uh, thankfully, this was right around Christmas time. Uh, thankfully, the hotel they were staying at was holding a toy drive. Uh, so Anthony was able to pick out one toy uh, for Christmas. Uh, and that was essentially all he got was one little gift, uh, this extended stay hotel. And the only thing that they had was, you know, the suitcase with her, you know, just the, the few belongings uh, that she was able to, to keep. Uh, but all of that changed when Zapatelli, this restaurant owner, owner stepped in. Uh, he heard about Johnston and her son uh, and decided to actually let them live for two months for free in a condo that he owns. Hmm, that's fantastic. Uh, a nice gesture for sure. And how did he find out about this situation in the first place? So I think this is actually probably the coolest part of the story. So there is a local news reporter. Her name is Treasure Roberts. She was doing interviews on the declining rent prices in the Orlando area. She happened to talk to Johnston in this extended stay hotel, uh, who then shared her story. Zapatelli then happened to be watching the TV at the time that that interview aired. He said that he was overwhelmed by her story. He contacted the local news station, talked to the reporter to get the woman's contact information, and then reached out to Johnston and said, hey, I heard your story. I'd like to give you my condo for free for two months. Uh, And not only did he give her access to the condo, he also fully stocked the refrigerator with food, and he made sure that Anthony had more toys to unwrap on Christmas morning. Uh, So, I mean, just an incredible story of of kindness here. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. And what's uh, what's the latest? Where are things standing right now? Yeah, so Johnston is now working just to to get back on her feet to recoup from from everything that she and her son have been through. As she said, her son has never been happier to finally be in a stable place. They've been kind of back and forth to different places, staying in hotels for quite a while now. Because, like we said, the the dad just kind of abandoned them out of the blue. Mm. Uh, but Zapatelli also told reporters late last week that he's considering actually bringing Johnston on as an employee at his restaurant. So they're in the midst of negotiating and figuring out what that would look like. Uh, so it looks like things are turning around and heading in the right direction for Johnston and her four-year-old son, Anthony. That's really great. And it just goes to show that, you know, when we really start looking outward and not just inward, um, it's amazing how just you know, we can help each other like this. I mean, I think yeah. we've been trained in today's society to just sort of put our heads down, bury our faces in our phones and go about our day. But, you know, there's there's lots. I mean, he had this resource already and he was able to just he, he was, didn't sound like he was looking to do that. But just, no. hey, I have this resource. It's open. Uh, let them use it. And he happened to see the story. So um, I, I just love when those things come together. But it's a good reminder to be looking for those sorts of yeah. opportunities. Because we, if we all do that, I mean, the end result, then it, it just multiplies. 
I think the coolest part of his story is when the reporter asked him why he decided to do it. What was your interest in in extending this to a stranger? He said that he's been so blessed in his life that he had to share with other people. Yeah, I love that. I think it's, you know, when God's moving you, allowing God to move you to do something and actually acting on it too, you know, I think that, you know, as Christians, it's an important thing to remember, but, you know, simple steps that we can take. I loved the fact that he said, you know, I've been so blessed, right, that I had to, that I had to yeah. do this, just recognizing gratitude too, and how that plays into our willingness to help others. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And like, that's a big thing, you know, giving out a condo that he's probably relying on to some extent for rent money or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of small things that you can do too, that a lot of times you don't really realize how much it can impact somebody, even just saying something or a small gesture, picking up a meal, something like that, um, can really change somebody and give them a different perspective and bring them to the Lord in ways you would never have thought. Um, so it's just, you know, a great story to be reminded, continually be on the lookout for those sorts of opportunities and, um, doing doing God's work there and helping others uh, in his name. And you can, you can never go wrong with that. So, all right, Trey, appreciate that. We're going to head over to the main thing now. And the FDA, they are expanding access to the abortion pill through pharmacies and the mail. But is it safe? I mean, is it legal? We talked with a doctor on today's main thing who's sounding the alarm. Billy Hallowell has the story. Dr. Donna Harrison, CEO of the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, is deeply concerned about the abortion pill. She joins us today to talk about the pill, why she believes it's dangerous, and a lawsuit that she and her organization are involved in. We'll also be sitting down with Eric Baptist, Senior Counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. His organization has brought that federal lawsuit against the FDA. Here's what they had to say. So, Dr. Harrison, the abortion pill is in the headlines right now for many reasons. The pharmacies that will be uh, dispensing this, you have mail order conversations going on, and this is a big deal in the post-Roe era. But before we get into all of that, can you tell us a little bit about this pill and how it works? Sure. So, the abortion pill is a powerful anti-hormone. It blocks the hormone that allows a woman's body to continue a pregnancy. And when that hormone is blocked, then the woman's body can't feed the baby. But the other important thing that people don't realize is that the, the, uh, the hormone has effects all over a woman's body, her brain, her breast. And we have no idea of the long-term consequences of this powerful anti-hormone, especially in teenagers where it's never been tested. So, um, once the anti-hormone works to block the nourishment to the baby, then a second drug is given, mesoprostol, cytotec. It's a drug which causes the woman's womb to contract and push out the, uh, the baby in the placenta. And then, the, and hopefully that will be the end. But part of the concern is that the way this drug works, the, the way the first drug, mifepristone, RU46, works, is that it also prevents the woman's womb, the blood vessels in the woman's womb from contracting. So use of this drug has been associated with massive hemorrhage. I've reviewed some of the adverse event reports sent to the FDA where women have lost over half of their blood volume. Some have lost more than their entire blood volume and had to have more than their entire blood volume replaced to keep up with the massive hemorrhage. 
So this is the kind of bleeding you see in major motor vehicle accidents. And it's one of the scariest parts of having a Mifeprex abortion is that you have this uncontrolled bleeding that can happen afterward. The further in pregnancy, the more likely to have massive uncontrolled bleeding. And how far along, I know this has changed over the years, but how far along can you be and take this pill to end a pregnancy? Well, it's never safe. Even at the beginning, it's never safe. But when you have, when you take the pill at say seven weeks of pregnancy, that's three weeks after you miss your period, you have about a one out of 20 chance of needing surgery to complete the abortion. If you're just a couple weeks later, if you're 13 weeks, you have a one out of three chance of needing surgery. The further along you are in pregnancy, the higher the risk of needing surgery and the higher the risk of massive hemorrhage because the, the placenta, the place that interfaces between the baby and the mom, the placenta grows as the baby grows. And so there's more and more blood vessels of the mom's body that are exposed. And when the Mifeprex doesn't allow those blood vessels to contract, then you get more bleeding. So it's more and more dangerous as you get further and further in the pregnancy. You know, it's interesting because you see a lot of people on the on the pro-choice side acting as though this is very safe. There's nothing to worry about. When you're making something available at a pharmacy, the assumption is that some people might not even go and seek treatment after, right? So you may take the drug at home and, and who knows what happens from there. Why do you think that this is being pushed so fervently in light of the fact that it's not safe? Well, I think that some people are so blindly committed to uh, abortion that they refuse to take a look at the actual effects of this drug. And we have many studies that can tell, that can show abortion drugs or using, <laughs> doing an abortion by drugs is at least four times more risky than doing an abortion by surgery. So four times wow. more complications. And again, the further along, the greater the risk. So when you're blindly committed to something and you refuse to look at the science, then you do all kinds of things that make no medical sense at all. And about half of pregnancies, correct? I know those numbers are shifting because of the post-Roe era that we're in now, but around half of pregnancies are ended, you know, abortions happen with these drugs, correct? That's correct. That's correct. According to the latest CDC statistics. All right, so I want to shift a little bit here, Eric, because you have filed a lawsuit on behalf of Dr. Harrison's organization. There are three other uh, medical organizations as well involved in this lawsuit, and it has to do with the FDA purportedly illegally approving these drugs you know, decades ago. Can you take us through the lawsuit and the aim, what you're hoping to gain? Sure. We brought this lawsuit because the FDA has been entrusted by Congress to protect the American public from dangerous drugs. But the FDA has failed America's women and girls by approving dangerous chemical abortion drugs. And we're taking the FDA to court because for decades it has stonewalled my clients who are trying to challenge and take these drugs off the marketplace and at least put in protections for women who do take these drugs. So in the year 2000, the FDA approved these drugs uh, against its own rules and regulations, against the statutory requirements, the scientific thresholds that Congress mandated that the FDA follow. And, and in layman's terms, that means FDA was supposed to study the real world use, how it was going to be approved under the label. 
But the clinical investigations upon which the FDA relied for these new drugs were completely untethered from reality. They had protections and safeguards for women. Ultrasounds uh, at the beginning, before chemical abortion was performed, and at the end to ensure that there were no fetal parts. Nowhere in the regimen that has been approved since 2000 has the FDA ever required an ultrasound. And they initially at least required three doctor's visits. They have now removed all in-person office visits with a doctor. Now they don't even require a doctor to perform the chemical abortion where you can meet someone who's not a doctor virtually or by telephone or by telemedicine, get the drugs by mail. All this is contrary to longstanding federal criminal law. And we're taking this to court and we're hopeful and prayerful that the court sees the the, the case the way we have presented it. Head over to cbnnews.com for the full discussion on this important topic. All right, Billy, thanks so much for that conversation. And that leaves us with time for one last thing today. All right, so Matthew 21, 22, it's a simple verse from Jesus. It says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And there's context there. He's cursing the fig tree, if you'll remember. <laughs> um, and it withers up and the disciples are like, what in the world? How did that happen so quick? Um, but the, the lesson here, we're not gonna always get what we want, but that with God, anything is possible. And we should pray and believe for the best and pray for things to happen in God's will, but to make what we are hoping for known to God um, and so that's just a, a powerful verse to me, especially in light of Damar and his healing and the prayers that we were talking about earlier, seeing that come to fruition. Yeah, it's this weird space to live in where you have to trust God's will. Um, he's sovereign over it all, but you still have to ask. You're still you know, encouraged and you know, it's written in the Bible as you just went through right there, Billy. Bring your petitions, believe it, you know, ask for it. Um, but again, be content with whatever the response is, but don't be shy to ask for things because, you know, God cares. He does care about even our smallest requests. Um, and so it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things that I don't think I'm not going to ever understand. I don't think anybody's ever going to understand how exactly God works it all together. This idea of his sovereignty and us requesting things, but, um, it's nevertheless something we're called to do. I think the incredible thing about sanctification too is is the the longer we walk with the Lord, the more our desires start to align with the desires of the Lord. Yeah. Right, our hearts start to look more like God's hearts. Heart. So the thing that we're wanting, the things that we're desiring, uh, come more in line as we mature in our faith. That it should be that way. Uh, become more in line with what the Lord would want anyway. You know. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's beautiful to see that arc over time as someone draws closer to the Lord over their years is that their requests look a whole lot different later in life than they did when they were younger in their faith. Right. When an unbeliever an unbeliever reads a passage like that, they'll say something like, oh, well, so I can, how come I just can't ask for a Ferrari? Then I'll get a Ferrari tomorrow. And it's like, well, look at Solomon. What does Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom to be able to yeah. be a wise king and make good choices, et cetera, et cetera. And God's thrilled with that decision there. And, you know, so to your point, your, your desires change as your affections for the Lord change. And um, the more we get in line with him, the more blessings you're going to see. And, and, and not in a, just a material way, meaning in a, you know, in a walk with the Lord type of way. So, all right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good place to leave it here for today's episode. As always, make sure you subscribe, leave comment, all that fun stuff. You can email us as well. Um, at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless.